0: Welcome to FEO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil.
1: Hello and welcome to FEO on the Air. Today we've got Beth Potter, the President and CEO of Tourism Industry Association of Ontario joining us. Good morning, Beth, and welcome.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: So, Beth, uh, a number of our members at FEO are also members of your association, TIO. Association, uh, for those that aren't and aren't aren't really familiar with what you guys do, what are some of the differences between your organization and ours?
2: Great question. Um, so, first of all, um, what I would say is that uh, TIO is the umbrella tourism organization, meaning that we don't cover just one specific sector of the industry. Um, We really work on behalf of all tourism businesses, regardless of what kind they are. Um, And our main priority is advocacy. Um, We are probably one of the only uh, tourism organizations in the province that doesn't market, come to Ontario for vacation. Um, We really are working on behalf of the industry on policy issues that affect their businesses. I like to say that we facilitate conversations. Uh, So we we facilitate conversations with government, between government and industry, and amongst industry itself.
1: What other groups do you work with?
2: Well, we work with lots of other industry trade associations. So uh, a great example would be the the work that we did last year around... uh, Uh, Bill 148 and the Employment Standards Act and all of the changes that were coming to those, uh, we actually uh, participated in a coalition with other employer trade associations, so Retail Council of Canada, the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, the Canadian Federation of Franchise Owners, and and others. Um, And we got together with them to make sure that the employer voice was heard loudly during the consultations um, around changes to to the Employment Standards Act.
1: And like Theo, I'm sure you get a lot of people that think you're a, a division of the government, which we aren't. We're self-sustaining membership organizations.
2: That's correct. We are not a part of the government. Um, we couldn't do what we do if we were a part of the government, actually. <laughs> so uh, But we do get that question quite a lot. Our organization is sustained and funded uh, by our members. So it's uh, through member dues, through uh, events like the Ontario Tourism Summit that we host, and sponsorship and partnership dollars, um, but not not government.
1: And and the work that you do, you work closely with Destination Ontario. I know you work with us a lot, and and I think the industry is stronger when we all work together towards that common goal of uh, getting people to come to Ontario and uh, and spend their tourism dollars with us.
2: Absolutely, when we say that we work with folks like Destination Ontario, our objective is to help them reach their objective. So we're there to provide support um, if we can through through research, through access to industry, through um, making sure that the government understands that the investment they're making in Destination Ontario is an important one. Um, and you're right. We are stronger when we work together.
1: And is, is the same true for like the RTOs and the DMOs? You're working with them to to bring them together and help them with their goals as well.
2: Um, all of the RTOs are members, and we've got uh, more than forty DMO members uh, of the organization. And um, really, when when they're faced with a challenge, um, you know, it's oftentimes there's a solution. Uh, that's available that somebody else is doing and it's, that's the whole notion of you know let's not reinvent the wheel. Um, let's let's make sure that we channel our efforts into best practices and and um, and supporting each other because really we're not competitors. We're all trying to get, uh, to the same end game, and that is more visitors to Ontario staying longer and spending more money.
1: And and Beth, I'm sure one of the misconceptions, much like with us in advocacy, is that we're just uh, talking to the Ministry of Cultural and tourism and sport. I, I mean, you reach out and you you touch a lot more ministries than that. Can you give us an example of that?
2: One of the things that um, I would encourage people to remember is that the Ministry of Tourism, Culture, and Sport doesn't really own a lot of legislation. Um, the legislation that impacts your businesses are owned by many other ministries. Um, so it could be the Ministry of Labour. It could be the um, uh, Ministry of Health, if you have uh, any kind of food service. Um, it could be Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry, or Ministry of Environment, um, and so we have to work with all of those different uh, ministries because the policies are owned by them. Um, we do it in consultation and in um, collaboration with the Ministry of Tourism, Culture, and Sport. Uh, they do certainly support us um, and help us, you know, find the right people inside different ministries if uh, it's not evident. Um, and they certainly help to support us internally. Um, and when it comes to things like, you know, at the cabinet table or, you know, meetings of assistant deputy ministers or deputy ministers. So, you know, the relationship with the Ministry of Tourism, Culture and Sport is a particularly important one, but we also need to work with, uh, with other ministries on a, on a very regular basis
1: and it's one thing for a premier to shuffle a cabinet and get a new cabinet minister but right now we've got a totally new government uh we haven't had a conservative government in power for a while uh any early indications of uh of what's down the road
2: well it is still really early days and um you know we're just getting to know the new the new caucus and the new cabinet but the one thing that i will remind folks is that we um, have had a relationship with the, with the PC party um, all these years while they were in opposition. We continued to keep them engaged in, uh, with the tourism file and make sure that they understood the implications of policy changes on our industry, as well as the value of our industry as an economic driver and, and very importantly as a job creator.
1: So we've got a new minister and we've also got a new deputy minister. What about the bureaucracy, the behind-the-scenes people? Does that team... Stay intact, or is that uh, likely to be changed as well?
2: Right now, they've pretty much stayed intact. Um, you don't know how it might change uh, in the coming months, but for the time being, anyway, um, the folks that have been there for the past number of years continue to be there.
1: So, going to put you on the spot a little bit. Your first uh, meeting with the new minister of tourism. What would your agenda be?
2: Well, first of all, you know, wanting her to understand um, the size and scope of. Of the industry, from our point of view, but I think that one of the things that is going to be really important is to get this new government engaged in the work that that uh, we've been doing to grow uh, visitation and visitor spend. The previous government had a strategic framework for tourism um it's a liberal document, and so you know the p c party probably will not want to follow that particular strategy, so my one of my first things will be to engage the new minister in the idea of creating her own strategy for t- tourism over the next uh, four years while they're in power.
1: We've also got a new federal minister of tourism, Melanie Joy. Um, is there a lot of interaction with the feds as well?
2: We have some interaction with the f- at the federal level. Um, we certainly support our colleagues at uh, the Tourism Industry Association of Canada, um, and I sit on that, that board of directors as well. Um, And, you know, there is some interaction there for sure. Um, And I think, too, there's another new minister, Mary Ng, who is the new minister of small business and export promotion. Um, And she will be important to our industry as well, especially as she's going to own uh, a good chunk of the China file.
1: Now, the other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was the municipal accommodation tax. Um, It's been handled differently in a lot of different communities. Any uh, idea what's going to happen there?
2: municipalities in the province have been given the authority to um, put a municipal accommodation tax into play um, and each municipality is um, it's up to them to figure out what's the best fit uh, for uh, their community um, we are it's still early days I mean, it hasn't even been a year yet that the, the tax has been available to the municipalities so not, not everybody um, is making the decision at this time to go forward with it Lots of questions have been coming in around how the tax should be implemented and and trying to understand and and interpret the regulations. And so Tayo has been playing a role in um, getting those questions um, vetted through the Ministry of Tourism, Culture and Sport and the Ministry of Finance.
1: Some of that dollars are to be turned right back into tourism and and, and the sector as well. Any success stories with that so far?
2: Yeah, so 50% of tax um collected from through the accommodation tax has to go back to the industry. Then the other fifty percent, the municipalities are allowed to use it as they see fit. Uh, we are encouraging municipalities to reinvest it in their tourism product. If they're going to if they're going to tax the, the tourism industry uh, through this tool, then they should be allowed to then they should be encouraged to reinvest back in the tourism industry. Um, I've seen a couple of really good success stories. Um, London, as an example, have made a commitment to take the 50% that stays with the municipality and put it into a tourism infrastructure fund, and they will fund, you know, major initiatives each year, whether it's a wayfinding initiative or whether it's a, an investment into a municipally owned tourism product like the convention center or or their big arena, that's an ideal use of, of that money. I'm not sure that we'll see that in every municipality across the province, but um, we're certainly encouraging municipal officials where, where and when we can that that is a really good use of, of the
1: 50%. So just to be clear, it's not a requirement. It, it's it's a strong it is not, no. encouragement on our behalfs, behalf. And, uh, that's right.
2: That's right. And so, you know, as such, um, we've been... Engaged in a lot of conversations uh, at the municipal level more so than usual because this is an important piece. This is a a tool that municipalities are looking to use as a revenue generator for themselves. Um, And so we want to make sure that they understand the implications of putting a, a hotel tax in place and what they should be, what we think they should be considering when they're looking at how they're going
1: to spend their share. And that's just, that's a whole another ball of wax getting into municipal politics and regional politics. I mean, there's so many different players. And um, so what are some of the strategies you have around that? I, I know we look at the same thing because so many of our organizations, uh, you know, they'll get grant money from the uh, provincial government. They'll get it from Heritage Canada and then municipalities as well. So how, how do you plan on dealing with them?
2: Uh, we don't have a lot of interactions at the municipal level. Um, you know, Tayo is a, a fairly small team, and there's 444 municipalities in the province. Um, and so we tend to work um, through our membership, so through the destination marketing organizations in particular when it comes to uh, getting messages out to, to municipalities. Having said that, um, you know, there's a municipal election this fall, um, and we've got this new municipal accommodation tax uh, tool that that they're looking to use. So um, we uh, earlier this year decided that we needed to engage at the municipal level a little bit more, um, and so we we started by attending the Rural Ontario Municipality Association's conference, and then later this summer we'll be we'll be taking a tourism delegation of members uh, with us to the Association of Municipalities of Ontario conference, um, specifically to interact with elected officials at the municipal level.
1: And I I think that's an important thing for all of our members and their organizations and their volunteers is those interactions with your MPs, your MPPs, your regional councillors, your mayors. It's important to have that dialogue ongoing and and make them proponents for what you believe is right for your industry. Uh, Because I think the more voices you get to the table and, and to be heard, the better chance you have of making change.
2: Absolutely. One of the things that I will say is that um, it takes it can take a long time to uh, make things move in politics, whether it's getting um, legislative change happening or initiating a new program, and keeping politicians and and you know the decision makers informed about your industry, informed at the local level, so they can understand what it means to their local community, is really important and government relations is not a one off uh, task it, it's something that you need to continue doing on a on a regular basis um it's not a oh i went and met with my mp or my mpp you know once a year it's not enough to do it you have to you have to be engaged with them on a more regular basis um, and great ways of doing that include, you know, attending some of their events in the in the community, whether it's a New Year's lovey or, you know, if there's a a, a community, you know, rib fest that they're gonna be at and, and even just, you know, engaging with them in those at, In those uh, types of situations, those kinds of events, Um, it's important because they do remember you.
1: Beth Potter, the president and CEO of the Tourism Industry Association of Canada, joins or of Ontario, sorry, joins us today. Back in just a minute with Theo on the air
0: become a festivals and events ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1400 festivals and events in ontario knowledgeable dedicated and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at FestivalsAndEventsOntario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. FEO on the air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil.
1: Welcome back to Feo on the Air. Beth Potter, the President and CEO of Tourism Industry Association of Ontario, joins us. Beth, you've got your big Ontario Summit coming up uh, in October, is it?
2: Yep, October 23rd and 24th, and we'll be in Windsor this
1: year. Any highlights that uh, that you're looking forward to?
2: Yeah, we're doing a a few new things this year. Um, One is that... the day before the event uh, officially kicks off, we've got a couple of pre-summit workshops that are taking place. Uh, one will focus on um, uh, it's the it's the it's your shift uh, session that uh, OTEC puts on, and it focuses on sexual harassment in the workplace uh, and making sure that your staff and the, and your management teams are are trained on how to deal with that. And the second uh, one is on market readiness, and that's a seminar that's going to be led by Destination Ontario. we have been doing some of these um, seminars in uh, in a web format um, over the last few months, and um, they're sold out every time. They're 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 book solid. So we thought it would be a great idea to make this available to summit attendees the day before the summit kicks off. So that's something new this year. One of our uh, keynote presenters is coming to us from Sweden this year. Uh, Last year we featured Iceland. This year we're looking at Sweden. And Sweden's undertaken um, a really interesting campaign this summer. Um, It's a free to roam. Basically, they've opened up the entire country to say, come and roam and explore. Um, And in order to Be able to house all the the influx of visitors that they're expecting. They've put their entire country on Airbnb. So it'll be interesting to hear how that went for them and to learn from uh, this really unique approach that they've taken.
1: I think that's one of the unique things about your festival or your um, conferences the the look to the world to see what they're doing differently and bringing them in and telling their story because you know you get back to that 15 original ideas and and how you spin them and how you make them your own is is unique to you so um i've always found that interesting how, how i mean ontario's a big enough province how do you find all of these things from abroad
2: well we keep an eye on what's happening globally um and um you know earlier this year i attended the world travel and tourism council's global forum um which is a great opportunity to interact with you know colleagues from around the world and and learn about what other people are doing in different parts of uh, of the world um and what's working and what's not working and what one of the things that really is solidified for me you know attending a conference like that um, we're not alone. You know, the the challenges that we're facing here in Ontario are being faced by many, many others. Um, you know, when you think about the labour gap that we are um, experiencing now and we expect to grow for the next uh, number of years, we are not the only ones that are facing that. And so coming together and learning from each other globally, uh, I think is a great way to um, make sure that we're, And I hate this expression, but I'm going to use it, thinking outside of the box and making sure that we are exploring all those great ideas um, that others are using and and making sure that we're finding the right solutions for our for our province
1: and our jurisdiction. And and that's the other thing with conferences. I mean, conferences are getting more difficult to get multiple players to come to from different organizations, but the really unique things about good conferences are the networking opportunities and, and, and the ability to talk to your peers about different ideas and things that they've tried. Uh, and I know you guys, the networking is very important. What have you got set up this year for that?
2: So, we build networking into our programming uh, throughout the day, um, and then we will have two uh, major uh, opportunities at the end of each day. So the first, on the first day, on the 23rd of October, um, our host, uh, uh, Tourism Linda FX Peeling Island, are um, hosting a reception uh, that evening. It's, they're going to showcase one of their... Um, unique venues to Windsor, and uh, it gives, gives everybody a great opportunity to to experience a little bit of taste of place. Where they'll be featuring, you know, local food and wine, and uh, they've been doing some really interesting things down there. So I think it's going to be a great reception, and I think that, and it's also a great opportunity for folks to get together and, and learn from each other and meet people that you might not normally get to, you know, rub elbows with um, uh, on a on a daily basis. And then, of course, the second night um, we end the summit with our gala um, celebration, where, where we, we present the tourism industry awards of excellence. Um, and following that, um, uh, where we host Club Ontario. And, and I always I like to, to to liken Club Ontario to kind of like you know the governor's ball after the Oscars are handed out. It's a great opportunity to everybody to let their hair down a little bit, but it, and you know continue to continue to network in a more informal setting.
1: I'm going to ask you, like, what's your secret? You've got a four-person staff. We've got a four-person staff here. And this province is so broad and so there's so many miles between one another. How how do you deal with that?
2: Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, we've got, um, you're right, we do have a small but uh, but mighty team here. And we, we just have to be very focused in what we are working on. Um, you know, around here, we... We tease ourselves that we have to get better at saying no, but it's hard to do that when you work for a member-based organization and you want to, you know, your, your, your main goal is to help your membership. So we work very hard to try and balance, you know, time out of the office and, you know, time with industry. Um, and we're starting to use um, new tools and, and, and really exploring how do we use technology um, to, to extend our reach across the province, Uh, We had a great example of that earlier this year when we hosted the Tourism Issues Forum in February. And, you know, as a first time ever, we live-streamed on Facebook, and the pickup was fantastic. Um, And so we will certainly be looking to use tools like that uh, in the future so that we can um, extend the opportunity to to learn from, uh, from our peers for all of
1: our membership. Beth Potter, the President and CEO of the Tourism Industry Association of Ontario, joins us back in just a minute with Theo on the air.
0: Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with Theo on the air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FEO on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now. Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. FEO on the Air continues. Here again is our host Dave McNeil.
1: We're back with Theo on the air. Beth Potter, the president and CEO of TIO, the Tourism Industry Association of Ontario, joins us. That's a mouthful. Same with festivals and events Ontario. Um, Beth, what's what's on your plate right now? What are, what are some of the key issues you and your team are working on?
2: Well, right now um, it's all about getting to know the new government and, and introducing um, TIO and the work that we do to the new cabinet. Um, and so, you know, certainly uh, we're in the process of setting up meetings with uh, many new uh, cabinet members. Um, and then um, early in September, um, when, the ca- when the House resumes sitting for the fall session, uh, we will be hosting a tourism day at Queen's Park. And, and what that is, is we take members to Queen's Park for the day. They spend the day at the legislature. They attend question period. We set up meetings with MPPs from all three parties, and um and then finish the day with a with a taste of Ontario reception. And we usually get between two hundred and thirty and two hundred and fifty people at that reception and It is uh, a really great opportunity not only for folks to experience the work that we do on a daily basis, but it's a great way to make a statement about how impactful the tourism sector is to our province's economy. Uh, to the folks that are making the decisions.
1: And I think, Beth, you, you touched on it earlier as well, that, that you know, you've know you had an ongoing relationship with the Conservatives, and I'm sure the NDPs as well. And and it's important that you're not just playing with the party in power because, as we've just uh, seen, these things change, and they, they change often. So it's good to have friends in, in all parties.
2: It's important when you think about when the piece of legislation goes to the House, there is always a certain number of hours of debate around um, uh, around that legislation. And you know if it's important to the tourism industry, we want to make sure that all of the people that are debating understand the value or the impact that, that it's going to have on the tourism industry. And so we, we make sure to keep them in, apprised of what we're thinking about, uh, the work that they're doing on our behalf.
1: Tourism in Ontario and and with our friends uh, south of the border, the the dollar and the strength or the weakness of the Canadian dollars is always a key indicator. What are some of the other tourism indicators for you for getting people to come to Ontario?
2: Well, we will be looking. We will be keeping our eye on on things like um, you know airport fees. Um, some of the trade tariffs will have an impact on. Uh, on our industry going forward, you know, we're already seeing that the new tariffs on aluminum are going to be impacting our industry. And you might think, oh, how, how would that be? But if you, you know, I was chatting with our friends over at Boating Ontario last week, and they were telling us about the impact of, of that particular tariff and um, on the price of boats, and in particular, on the price of pontoon boats. Um, so it's interesting to see how some of these Uh, international conversations again come back and and have an impact on us so we do try and keep an eye on on what's happening there um the canadian dollar it allows us to allows us as an industry not tile but as an industry to share the message that canada is a uh, a great place to come and visit and by the way your dollar happens to go uh, a little bit farther up here Earlier
1: in our conversation, you talked about Airbnb. Uh, are the Airbnbs recognized now? And I know in a lot of our industry, uh, when we do our economic impact studies, they weren't recognized before as, as a lodging or anything. Is that is that changing in the industry?
2: It's starting to change, but it hasn't. Um, the full impact hasn't, uh, hasn't shown yet. Um, it'll be really interesting to see as um, different municipalities across the province grapple with the Airbnb piece um, and the the short-term rental, you know, the appropriate use of and the, the appropriate management of and the the conflict that um, certainly some jurisdictions um, in some jurisdictions have, you know, between the short-term rental folks and the and the hotel uh, sector. So, it, you know, I don't think the full implication of this new way of of accommodating visitors um, is really known, and but it becomes a little bit clearer all the time.
1: And is is that more of a municipal than a provincial?
2: It, well, it certainly seems that way. Um, under the wing government, they the province certainly downloaded it to the municipal uh, level, um, and so we are watching and and learning um, as uh, different municipalities tackle um, the situation. Some of the larger cities have already started to put. Uh, legislation or regulations in place um, and it's something that we'll, we're watching and it's not just in Ontario but across across the country.
1: What else is on the horizon for tourism in Ontario?
2: It is this uh, is as usual getting to know the new government and uh, working on the policy files you know making sure that that uh, government understands. And, and is working with us on on the labor gap, on the employee housing issue, um, on some of the infrastructure pieces that that we think are important to to the tourism industry, like you know re, reinstating um, rail travel in northern Ontario um, and expanding broadband connectivity in, in in rural and northern Ontario. So there's there's a number of of policy files that we'll, we will be working on this fall um, and um, and I would encourage if people, uh, if your members, if they're not signed up to our newsletter, which comes out every week, you know, it's free. Go ahead, do so. Um, we digest the news of what's happening in the industry and what's happening at the government level every, every week and share with folks what we are working on uh, through that.
1: I guess finally, Beth, if any of our members are interested in, in hearing more about Tayo or any of our listeners in general, how would they get in touch with you?
2: Um, So, first of all, I mean, the easiest way is to visit our website, tiaontario.ca. If you're interested in talking about uh, membership, I would invite you to call us, um, speak with Carol. Uh, Carol's our Director of Membership and Business Development, and um, you can certainly uh, speak to any of our team members, but Carol's certainly your girl if it's membership-related. Our phone number, 416-483-1691. And again, our website,
1: tiaontario.ca. Beth, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I always say we're stronger when we work together and we really appreciate the relationship we have with you and your team at TIO and all the best moving forward.
2: Well, thank you so much.
1: If you've got a a topic you'd like to talk about, simply give us a shout or send us an email to dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca and and we'll be happy to make that happen for you. I'm Dave McNeil. You've been listening to Feo On The Air.
0: Thanks for listening to Feo on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario.